Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. We're about to read the word, and it's been our tradition, actually not a very long tradition, but about a tradition for about six weeks that we stand to our feet every time we read the word. How many are you ready for a great time in the house of God? I just want to honor someone, a uh, special guest of ours, Pastor Antonio Leonardo and Zizi Leonardo, my in-laws, Miriam's parents, and uh, they um, have been doing ministry uh, 30 plus years or something like that. They were the uh, founding pastors, really, of our church and funded our church and so forth, so we wouldn't be here without these guys and their support of these guys and so forth, so I just want to honor them. Come on, one more time. Can we give them a hand? If you can't see him now, he's the guy in the pink tie, pink tie, down the front. You can come and say hello to him and so forth. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read the word, then we're going to pray. If you're new today, man, God bless you. So, so honored you're here. And uh, if you just came to get a girlfriend, that's cool too. Um, But I believe however you came and wherever you came, God's going to touch your life today. And um, Lord's got something for you, hey? How many believe it? Easter, be praying for Easter Incredible things can be happening. Easter Friday, always join us. Easter Friday, because we'll be taking communion together. We can't fit all of us in the Williams Center on Friday night, so we're doing two services, six and eight. But I think, you know, you can come out for both if you want to. And then parents, just want to give a shout out to parents. Parents, um, got kids, bring them to both services Sunday morning. Why? Because as we sing for both people, we'll have lots of guests Sunday morning, and so we want lots of kids Sunday morning. Consider it your ministry to come to church. If you're a regular in the house, you need to be at both services. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 16, Bible says this, Simon, well, let's all read this together, shall we? Ready? Read, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this time and this moment. And Lord, we didn't come to waste our time, but Lord, you said in your word, if two or three would just gather in your name, I recognize your presence, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, illuminate, Lord, what must be illuminated. Lord, wherever people are upon the journey of life, find a way to speak to them in their unique situation. Lord, to lift the head of the weary. Lord, to, to, to call people out from where they are, to push people forward from where they must be. God, may this be a church so alive with your presence, so alive with your touch. Lord, that, that it is so attractional that people cannot stay away. Oh God, I pray for your grace to be poured out this morning. We expect you, Lord Jesus. Why don't we pray this prayer together, Jesus? Thank you. You made me. Help me be the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, Why don't we high-five someone and tell them, glad you're here.
My children are at the age where they're starting to tell time. My son is six and my daughter is three and a half, almost four years old. And so when we're riding along in the car, they're looking at the clock and they're like, Daddy, it's 2.52. And they stare at the clock (laughs) and they just keep staring and staring. Daddy, it's 2.53. Minute later, surprisingly, Daddy, it's 2.54. And they just look at the clock a lot. 2.55, Daddy. And I'm like, all right. I know you can tell time. That's great. You can tell time. I'm awesome that you can tell time. You need to stop now. (laughs) The Bible actually says there is a time for everything under heaven. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to dance and a time to cry, a time to mourn, a time for living and a time for dying. And I just want to again tell our church, and I've just been kicked off a series last week and going to continue it this week and next week. And I just want to encourage you and tell you it is the time to push. It is the time to push, to pray until something happens, to serve until something happens, to share until something happens, to give until something happens, because there are things that must be done, and you and me are to be used by God to push. Someone say push. How many know when a woman has a baby, there's a point in time when the doctor just says to her, it is time to push. And I think many times in a church, there is a time to walk and there's a time to sit by the streams and let Jesus kind of refresh you. But I just feel in my heart in our church, to every leader, to every person who would call upon the name of Christ, I just want to remind you, it is the time to push. Hear the beck and call of heaven. It is the time to push, to pray until something happens. Jesus said these words, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Someone say, I will. I will build my church, and the gates of hate shall not prevail, actually. In one translation, the New King James Version of the Bible says prevail. And prevail gives us that sense that actually there will be a wrestle. Prevail says that it's not all coming easy to us. Prevail says that there's almost a fight to it. But you've got to understand that we are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. It's a very big distinction. I'm not trying to win the battle. No, Jesus, the victorious one, has already won the battle over sin, death, and hell. And you and I, though, are fighting from a position of victory. But I think many times if we don't line up our lives with that truth, we'll actually think that we're trying to fight for victory. And it is a losing position. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says this, For He raised us from the dead. Literally, apart from God, along with Christ, and He seated us. Someone say, seated us. This is incredible for you and I to understand. For God's mercy does not just forgive you. Man's mercy is one thing, but God's mercy forgives you. But then grace takes you a second further. He doesn't just forgive my past, but He places me now in a position, literally, that is ridiculous and almost hard to understand. For you are moments ago a sinner and then you called upon the name of Jesus and now all of a sudden you are seated in heavenly places. Someone say I'm seated in heavenly places. Say it again, I'm seated in heavenly places. Say it again, I'm seated in heavenly places. Do you know that if you keep on saying certain things, you start believing them? When you're sick of saying it, you're finally getting it. 
And the Bible says that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Put that up, up on the screen. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. But here's what I've found is that truth doesn't always make it true for you. You're like, I'm confused. It's all right. That's why I've got a little more time that I can clarify. Just because something is true doesn't mean you walk in it. Just because you even believe it in your heart, say amen on a Sunday, doesn't mean you walk in it. For truth actually is true. Jesus, the person of truth. But how many know we must apply the truth of God to our lives? Truth that I know and do not apply actually is useless to me. It is not what I say amen to on Sunday. It is what I live out on Monday that is the truth in my life. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And then the truth shall set you free. We often say the truth shall set us free. And it is part of the truth for you must know the truth for it to set you free. But you must apply the truth for it to be really free in your life. How many know you can know all about prayer but never pray? How many know that you can know you should read the Bible but never read the Bible? How many know that you are saved by grace but if, 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 if condemnation and just the past echoes in your mind? Because here's what I've found to be so true. It is not the thing that I believe that comes to pass. It is the thing that shouts the loudest in my mind. What shouts the loudest in your mind will overcome your life. Therefore, we must allow God's truth to shout louder than the world. Are you with me? Let me delve into a story that most of you are so familiar with, and I believe that every single one of us, how many believe that life is kind of a journey? How many like that thought? Life's a journey, and there's this walk, and so far, I, I really believe that. I grew up watching or, or hearing, uh, reading the book by Pilgrim's Progress. How many have read the book, Pilgrim's Progress? I like four of you. Awesome. I, I thought that was mandatory reading for Christians. Obviously, it's not. <laughs> You're going to get to heaven one day. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Um, extra, uh, extra merit points. Did you read Pilgrim's Progress? And you're like, no. Just one of you. And, 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 but if you buy Pilgrim's Progress, because some of you will just Google this immediately, get on Amazon.com and download it on your Kindle or your iPhone or your Samsung, okay? Immediately, don't do the old translation. If you think King James is bad, this is way before that, okay? You need to get the current translation or you'll be lost. And you're like, I don't understand why the pastor would tell me to read this book. How many of you, though, <laughs> this may be a better question, how many of you have seen the movie The Lion King? Have you even been to a Broadway play with the Lion King? Couple of us. If you are not familiar with the story, I know there may be a few people in here who are not familiar with the story, but I'm sure I'll catch you up in a moment. Mufasa is the king. Mufasa rules and reigns over the pride lands. He has a son. His name is Simba. And he is to be the next anointed king of the pride lands. However, Simba grows up and he is a rambunctious little lion. He, he, is, he is adventurous and he is always kind of pushing the boundaries and so forth. And he gets himself in trouble. And daddy comes along and saves him many, many times. But Mufasa has a, a brother. His name is Scar. And he's kind of a weakling, if you're, uh, if you're honest, but he's very 
very smart. And there comes a time when Scar schemes and Scar plots, and he decides he's going to take down Mufasa because he wants to be the next king. And so he baits Mufasa into a terrible situation where he takes Simba, the little lion, and he puts him into a place where the wildebeest are running, and Simba's about to die. And you know Mufasa's going to come along and save him, and he does. And he runs on down, and he saves the little lion, and he puts him on, on the top. But in the end, he ends up getting trampled and he gets betrayed and Simba thinks he has killed his own father and in a moment where the uncle comes along and lies to him he says it was you Simba and he says what should I do he says run and the hyenas chase him and he ends up chasing and and running away and he almost dies and he's in this desert place and along comes Pumbaa and along comes this little meerkat called uh, what's the name of that funny meerkat Timon you guys know the movie better than I do And so I'm telling you, you should come up here and tell me. (laughs) But they begin to raise him. And they begin to raise this lion. And he goes from just a little cub to now he's growing. And now he's growing into a young man. And they sing the song, how many of you know it, of, okay, okay, I should get more of you up here and tell you. The the story, Hakuna Matata, is is the song of no worries, right? It's the song of no responsibility. It's the song of kind of YOLO of our culture. You only live once. And they have, it's in a place of beauty, um, but it is the place of Hakuna Matata. It is the place of no responsibility. However, when you are a lion, you are not meant to live in the land of Hakuna Matata. Do you know that there is a king that sits within each young man. And there is a queen that sits within each young woman in here. However, if you hang out with hogs and meerkats, you cannot be who God has called you to be. And they are having a good time and they are partying and they're living the life. But then at night, they sometimes look up to the sky And they begin to say, what are the stars? And all of a sudden, this lion begins to remember who he was. And there's an emptiness on the inside because he looks up at the stars and he remembers who he was. And you'll actually find in your life and my life, it'll be in the quiet moments of your life that you look up to heaven and all of a sudden there'll be an emptiness there. There'll be a sense of call. There'll be a sense of destiny. There'll be a sense that you are alive for another reason. You're like, man, I am meant to be doing more than I am doing. And that is the emptiness that God puts within you that creates you to seek after Him. But it normally is not enough. And then all of a sudden, another lioness mistakenly almost comes by. She looks for help and she's about to eat the hog. And all of a sudden, uh, Simba and, and Nala are reunited and they're playing with each other and they're actually falling in love. <laughs> they're falling in love, but then there's a moment where she says to him, you are disappointing. Have you ever fallen in love with a woman? Have you ever fallen in love with a man, ladies? And you are falling in love, but you know he can be more. It is the condition not of just manhood or womanhood, it is the condition of the human race. For we are called to be more many times than we are. And Nala comes along and says, Simba, you are our only hope. And it wakes him up out of the land of Akuna Matata. Wakes him up out of YOLO. It wakes him up out of the party life. And all of a sudden he's like, man, what do I do? 
Go ahead and play the clip. You're Mufasa's boy. Bye. Hey, wait. You knew my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> He's alive, and I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on. It's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. The land of Akuna Matata is the place of ease. It is the place of no responsibility. You might be there right now. You might be a Christian in this place, and you are there right now. But I just want to remind you, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Do you know that every single one of us will stand before God, not to work our way to heaven, but to give account and responsibility for the call that sits upon our lives? And don't you know that... Sometimes God will use the empty moments in our lives and we look and we say, man, we are meant to be more. But then he will bring someone like Nala to come along and say, hey, you are not who you are. And it'll wake us up 
But what's happening here is so interesting with Simba. Now when you move out of Akuna Matata, there will always be a second phase of the journey of life that every single one of us will go on, and it is the phase of self-doubt. For when the call of God comes, self-doubt always comes. He's been woken up from the land of Akuna Matata to do nothing. It's just about me. And now he realizes there is more. But now he's like, I have done mistakes. and I've done this. And you don't know my past. And you don't know what I've become. And it is amazing that God uses, in essence, a prophet by the, a baboon who comes along and says, remember who you are. And do you know that God will use someone in your life to come alongside you and tap you and wake you up and slap you in the head and say, you are made for more. Do you know that some of you are to be a Nala in someone else's life? You are to go into the land of Akuna Matata and remind someone someday, you are more than you have become. Did you know that some of you are called to be like that baboon? I know, a little weird but to be the prophet that comes alongside someone and releases them into destiny. Maybe I am that baboon today. I don't know. Because I want to wake you up if you are sitting in the land of Akuna Matata and just tell you, God has more for you. There is more at stake than just your world. If he rises to be who he's called to be, blessing comes to the land. And blessing will come to your family. And blessing will come to my family. And blessing will come to the house of God. And blessing will come literally to this world if you rise to be who you're called to be. But you've got to understand that if you do not, there is a void. For there is something that God has called you to do. There is something, one that God has called you to reach. There is a group of people that only you can reach. Can I get an amen? There is something. Man, I feel this. You know, I was watching TV the other night. Can't remember what movie watching. And I had to walk out. Because tears just began to run down my face. Because do you know that sometimes the pain of your life is actually the greatest blessing of your life? It may feel like it's the greatest hindrance of your life. But sometimes the pain that you've experienced in the past will cause you to be more than you were ever going to be. Sometimes having maybe a dysfunctional family could be your greatest blessing. For you see dysfunction and you say, I will do the opposite. For me, I will be a praying pastor for I cannot lead a dead church. I'll be a loving man, for I do not want to break the heart of my wife. For me, I'll be a great dad. Why? For I want my, want my children to know a great dad. Sometimes the pains of your life, you can actually let it define you, church, or let it propel you. 
And what is interesting with Simba, the pain of his life, actually God, in essence, used upon the journey of life to make him be more. If you see someone and they joined Alcoholics Anonymous, or you see someone and they did mothers against drunk driving, it was the pain of their life that caused them to be a servant. Maybe there's a pain in your past that you seem to can't get past and you're like, life's not fair and this happened to me and this happened to me. Turn it around and say, I'll be who all God's called me to be. The wrestle of self-doubt. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, so Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage the good warfare. How many of you, you really believe that God has spoken to you at some stage in your life? If you have not, every time you go to know, you read the Word of God, He is speaking to you. However, there are times when there is a rhema moment. There is a time when God breathes the breath of heaven into your life. And it might be through a person or a moment. It might be through an experience. But God begins to let you know that you are called for more. And Paul, the great apostle, told Timothy, his true son in the faith, who led a church, some church historians say, of 15,000 all the way up to 100,000 people. And he tells him, listen, by the prophecies once made about you, by them you wage the good warfare. In other words, what Mufasa said to his boy was, remember who you are. Remember the words that I have said. It is imperative that when God speaks to you, through you, through an individual, you write that thing down. For if you write it down and you heed the word, that's when blessing will come. Listen, if you are wrestling with self-doubt, can I give you a scripture I felt like the Lord gave me for you? And it is a common one, but you need it. Isaiah chapter 43. Actually, it was a scripture before I ever preached in Pastor Antonio's church. This is the one he read to me. He said, don't freak out. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. You ever wrestle with self-doubt? You ever feel the call of God upon your life, but you wrestle that you can't do it? (laughs) Welcome to the party. (laughs) Every single one of us. Moses felt it. Gideon felt it. Joshua felt it. I feel it. Every single one of us feels it. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've purchased you. I've bought you with my blood. That means you are special. That means you are worth it. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Watch this now, church. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you are doubting yourself, Just think back to the words of heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. Sometimes the trouble of your life is just to make you more aware of God's presence. Can I get an amen? Come on, can I get an amen? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. That means you are called to live above your circumstances. 
That means your mindset, your attitude, your thinking is to be above your circumstances. Listen, just because you went through the fire doesn't mean you got to smell like the fire. Amen. Just because you're going through a hard time, how many know your mindset can be above that hard time? You shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Every single one of us have lived in the land of Akuna Matata. Haven't you noticed that? It is the land where most teenagers sit. It is the land that many college students sit. It is the land that many Christians sit. However, when all of a sudden the going gets tough. But once you get out of that, you move into sometimes self-doubt. And there's lies going on your head. And here's what I want to encourage you. Just make the Word of God louder in your mind than the doubt. Make the Word of God louder in your mind than the doubt. Make the Word of God louder in your mind than the doubt. Speak that thing that God has said. Speak that thing that God has said. When you're sick of saying it, you're finally getting it. Number three, every Christian who moves past self-doubt must move into this place. Reclaim your position. I want you to show the next video. Mufasa, no, you're dead. me. Simba, you're alive. How can that be? It doesn't matter. I'm home. Simba. Simba. <laughs> I'm a little surprised to see you. Alive. <laughs> Give me one good reason why I shouldn't rip you apart. Oh, Simba, you must understand. The pressures of ruling a kingdom are no longer yours. Step down, Scar. Oh, okay. I would, naturally. However, there is one little problem. You see them. They think I'm king. Well, we don't. Simba's the rightful king. The choice is yours, Scar. Either step down or fight. Oh, must this all end in violence? I'd hate to be responsible for the death of a family member. Wouldn't you agree, Simba? That's not going to work, Scar. I've put it behind me. But what about your faithful subjects? Have they put it behind them? Simba, what is he talking about? Ah, so you haven't told them your little secret. Well, Simba, now's your chance to tell them. Tell them who is responsible for Mufasa's death. I am. It's not true. Tell me it's not true. It's true. You see, he admits it. Murderer. No, it was an accident. If it weren't for you, Mufasa would still be alive. It's your fault he's dead. Do you deny it? No. Then you're guilty. No, I'm not a murderer. Oh, Simba, you're in trouble again. This time, Daddy isn't here to save you. And now everyone knows why. Simba! Now 
this looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Where have I seen this before? Let me get Oh, yes, I remember. This is just the way your father looked before he died. And here's my little secret. I killed Lufasa. No! Please, tell them the truth. Truth, but truth is in the eye of the bulk. All right. All right. I did it. So they can hear you. I killed... Mufasa. (laughs) Number three, reclaim your position. Reclaim... The call of God. Every single one of us upon the journey of life, if you're going to follow Jesus, you will live in an area sometimes of Akuna Matata where you don't want to actually carry anything. But if you'll push out of that and recognize the call of God that sits upon your life, then sometimes doubt will come and doubt will come. And you must listen to the words of your Father and remember who you are. But now it's time to fight. Some say now. Once you've moved out of that, now he's moved into what is his calling. Now he's moved into victory for other people. And it's interesting, he does not face the devil in section one or stage one. He does not face the devil in section two or stage two, but now he faces the devil in stage three. When I first started preaching, actually I I preached one time at Pastor Antonio's church. And the night after I preached, I went to bed at night, closed my eyes, but then felt this weird fear just come on me, opened my eyes. All I could see was blackness and two red eyes just staring at me. And I went, oh. (laughs) I tried to say the word Jesus, but it wouldn't come out. My vocal cords were too afraid, to be honest. I was like, For about 30 seconds, I couldn't even say the word Jesus. And then when I said Jesus, all of a sudden it left. A couple of years before, I'd been invited to speak at a a young rally at our our university. And I remember speaking. It was the largest crowd I'd ever spoken in front of before. And I remember the very next day, it was as if all of a sudden I was under a different attack than I'd ever been. There was a different door that was open for me to do with the radio in university. But I felt like the Lord put upon my heart. He said, "Um, with another open door has been opened for you, but with it many adversaries. Don't you know that when you stand up to be who God has called you to be, blessing comes to your family. Blessing comes to the people around you. Blessing is going to come. For don't you know that the other lionesses were waiting for one to rise? Do you know that if you rise and be all that God's called you to be, there's some people around you that they were kind of hoping someone would step up, but now you did and it motivates them to now be who God has called them to be? Come on, you're called to influence, church. Come on, you're called to influence when you stand up. How many know when, when there's an altar call in church, no one moves until one person moves? When there's an altar call and hands up, nobody puts their hand up until one person puts their hand up and then one person puts their hand up. We're like, oh, we're free to put our hands up. 
Well, guess what? Maybe you are the first in your family line to stand up and be all that God has called you to be. Maybe you are the first. For it matters what we do. It affects generations. If Simba did not stand up to the game, don't you know that his whole family would have perished? And do you know that that is actually the teaching of the Scripture? That one day Mordecai says to a girl by the name of Esther, he says, do you not know that if you stand up in this time, Israel shall be saved. But if you do not stand up, you and your family will die. And God will look for another deliverer. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, seeking for someone to stand in the gap. In your family line, in this church, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, seeking for someone to stand. I want to motivate you today. I want to encourage you today. I want to inspire you today. Come on, can we push? If, if, if 20 of us are pushing a rock, what happens when 300 of us come behind that one rock and start pushing that thing? 300 people across our church meet on a Saturday night and Sunday. But what would happen, I wonder? What would happen if everyone started pushing? What if would everyone use their gifts? What if everyone used their talents? What if everyone started to pray and started to push? What would happen? Sometimes you're going to have to fight. Sometimes there'll be times of peace. And then sometimes again, there'll be a fight. And I want to let some of you know, this is your call to fight. I'm called to fight. I'm called to fight. I'm called to pray. But it's not just because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a Christian. Titles are are, are too too common. He's the minister. He's meant to do all the ministry. The body of Christ is to minister to the body of Christ. If you're part of the body of Christ, God has a function for you. There are no disconnected fingers on your body, are there? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Disconnected Christians normally hang out with Pumba and a meerkat. Who are your friends? If you're sitting in the land of Makuna Matata, here's here's the interesting thing. That guy was called to be a lion. But even when the lion rose, Pumba and Timba, or whatever their name is, they came and they were a part of See, sometimes you've got to get out of a circle of friends and they'll come with you. But sometimes you've got to get out of a circle of friends and they won't come with you. But let them go. For they are not worth it. They are worth it in value. Listen, listen, the meerkat and the pig, they were nice. They helped him. And I think sometimes we get confused with nice people that have helped us in the past. You say, I could, I could never. I'm not saying never talk to them again. I'm just saying maybe you need to rise and hang out with people who are chasing the call of God on their lives. Matthew chapter 16, let me leave you. 
with this verse. I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against you. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. This is authority. Uh, uh, keys open doors. Keys open laneways. Keys open passages. Keys. That is an authority picture of what Peter, Jesus gave Peter and Jesus gave the church. And it's the thing that He gives the church in prayer. Reclaim your position. Push out. Some of you here today, you're in the land of Akuna Matata. Your Christianity is only about you and I just want to encourage you, get out. Some of you are living in this land of self-doubt and I want to so encourage you now, meditate on the Word and let His Word be so rich in your life. But some of you need to fight some demons. Some of you need to fight some devils. And I have met way too many Christians when they're fighting the devil, they don't do what the Word says. And let me just finish on this real quick. When the devil comes, notice that scar just circled Simba and he starts accusing him and accusing him and accusing him, accusing him, you've done it, you've done it. And it's this intense moment. But if he'll just stand on the truth, admit what he did and then speak what his father spoke, he will get the victory. I think too many times, Christians, we have got to speak the Word in our private world. Speak the Word. How do you win? Speak the Word. Bring someone else alongside you who will speak the Word. There is a time to pray, God have grace and have mercy. Do you know that there are some things that God won't answer? God help me. He says, I have helped you. I've given you my Word. Speak that thing and submit to God. Resist the devil and he will run. If you want victory in your family, speak the Word. If you want victory in your thinking, speak the Word. Stand on the Word. Stand on the truth. Admit where you're wrong and speak the Word. How do you get victory over devils? Speak the Word. Come on, we're going to stop cheering this and start doing this. I, I promise you, I do this in private. We've got to do this in private. And when you start doing this in private, power's going to come. I have given unto you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. That's authority. Speak the word. If you run a ministry in our church, speak the word. If you lead a family in here, speak the word. Devil's coming against your health, speak the word. Against your mind, speak the word. Against your life, speak the word. Against the call of God in your life, submit to God, admit you are wrong, and speak the word. Someone say push. Come on, say push. want to be a, a victorious Christian here's the thing I have I have no other answer for you than this submit to God resist the devil speak the word and if you meet me in 50 years and you come to our church still and you're not victorious I'll tell you the same thing speak that word Speak it, speak it, speak it. <laughs> I don't care if you stutter and you speak it. I don't care if you almost got Tourette syndrome and you speak that word. <laughs> I know someone, I know someone who wrote a letter to his friend. He just got saved. He got, just got saved out of the drug world and so forth. He writes a letter to his friend. He says, I found the blankety blank truth. Swearing all through his letter. 
his friend reads the letter, gets saved right there. God will use it if you speak it. His grace is bigger. Now, I'm not suggesting that. I wouldn't preach like that. However, where sin abounds, grace does abound all the more. Let me tell you this, if you're stuck a little bit in the land of Akuna Matata, do not harden your heart, for you do not know the next time God will send someone your way. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time to follow the Lord. Because over time, your heart gets colder and colder. And when you're sensing the call of God, it's time to push. If you're living in the land of self-doubt, get in that word. If you're fighting devils you don't even know about, speak the word. Close your eyes, bow your head with me. If you feel like you're stuck in the land of Akuna Matata and you feel like you need to get out all over this place, I just want you to lift your hand real quick. I want to pray with you. Come on. Right now. Right now. Come on. Lift it up. Lift it up real high. There's a bunch of you. Come on. Lift it up. Say, yeah, I want. I need prayer. Come on. Right now. Lift it up real high. I want to just pray with you. You're stuck in the land of just, man, no worries, no accountability. In Jesus' name, Father, I just pray for every hand right now, in Jesus' name, that it be stuck in that journey. Father, I thank you for the Word of God coming forth, and I pray that it would come forth in victory and grace, that they would receive it, not under condemnation at at all, but there would be a victorious spirit in their lives that they would take responsibility for their own spiritual lives, their own spiritual family in Jesus' name. Those of you struggling, even even right now in that second phase of the land of self-doubt, I just want you to lift your hand real quick. Come on, lift it up below this place and I'm going to just really encourage you. Father, I just pray for these people right now. Those struggling in that land of self-doubt, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would silence every voice of the enemy and your word to them would be, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have purchased you. I have bought you by name. You are mine. What God calls, He anoints. When God sends you somewhere, He's always going to go with you. Just want to tell you, Don't fear the Father's with you. Isaiah 43, memorize it, speak it, pray it over and over again. Some of you right here, right now, just maybe wrestling with some things. You've stepped into your call. You are fighting for the call of God that sits upon your life, but you feel like you're fighting hell itself all across this place. Lift your hand. I want to pray with you real quick. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, over every life right now, over every life, I pray that you would just give them the word in due season, that there would be a fight on the inside of them. And I pray they would submit to you, stand upon the promise of your word, but speak your word. And I thank you, God, you've given us power and authority and the devil will flee. In Jesus' name, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today, you're far away from God, if you're here today and you've never accepted the person of Jesus Christ, today I want to invite you into that world. You've got to understand that all of us are sons of God. However, we must be adopted into His family. The Bible says, Jesus said, you must be born again. 
The Bible says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So if you've been drifting from God, run away from God, I want to encourage you to run back. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. The grace of God will chase you down if you'll start to make one step by faith in His direction. He'll clean you up. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll put a ring on your finger. He'll have a party for you. If you've never accepted Christ, my friend, there is a God. There is a devil. He has a plan for you. And my friend, He is knocking on the door of your heart. There's been times when you've gone to bed at night and, and you've looked up and you've wondered what the point of life was. Man, that is heaven's echo in your heart saying, I have made you for a reason. Right here and right now, you can accept Christ. Right here and right now, you can find purpose. You can find meaning. You can find destiny. You can find the forgiveness of sins. If you're here today, and you've run away from Christ, you need to come back. If you're here today, you've never accepted Christ. All across this place, right here on the count of three, put up your hand, put it up real high. One, God loves you. He's going to play for your life. Two, greatest honor of my life is to introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ who died upon a cross and rose from the dead. Three, all over this place. Raise your hand. Raise it up real high. Say, Anthony, I'm coming home. I'm running home today. Or I'm accepting Christ for the very first time. Come on, all across this place. Anyone here saying, yeah, I need to run home need to run home. Come on. Holy Spirit's tugging the hearts of people. Even right now, anyone here need to respond to Christ? Anyone here need to accept Christ for the very first time? Or maybe you just feel so far away from God. You're like, man, I don't even know how I got here, but I run back to His grace today. Lift your hand, lift it up real high so I can pray with you and pray for you. Come on, real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to take 10 seconds more. If you've never accepted Christ or you've run away from Him and you want to come back to Him right here and right now, this is the perfect moment. Come on, lift your hand, lift it up high. I just want to pray with you and for you. Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray this prayer together. Jesus, I give you my life. Wherever I am upon the journey of life, thank you that you can find me and you can rescue me. Help me be the person I'm called to be. In Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Help me push right now. If you receive the word, come on, can we give the Lord a hand? Come on. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching. I pray that this message has impacted your life in a powerful, powerful way. If you feel like it has, email us at connect at churchalive.tv or if you accepted Christ today for the very first time or you feel like you're running back to the Lord today, email us again and let us know. I know that's going to be encouragement to me. It's going to be encouragement to other people who serve as part of our church. God bless you. See you next time.